Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. This is VoiceAmericaKids.com. It's sports from a kid's point of view. This is Behind the Line on the Voice America Kids channel. Now, here is your host. Hello and welcome to Behind the Lines. I'm Max Merkin and you're listening here on Voice America Kids in partnership with Kidstar Radio Network. We're in the month of April and April's a big month in sports. The NHL and NBA playoffs are starting. March Madness is just ending and of course baseball is in full swing. We're going to start off talking about baseball and the MLB. There haven't been that many injuries so far but there have been a couple we'll talk about. Adam Wainwright, a guy who is out for 12 to 15 months. He's getting Tommy John reconstructive surgery on his elbow. And the worst part about Tommy John surgery is that you can never come back before the doctor, before the amount of time the doctor has given. Wainwright will probably be back in 12 to 15 months, but that's a big loss for the Cardinals because Pujols might not resign this year. And you're going to be left with Chris Carpenter as your number one pitcher. We've also had a big retirement in the recent past. Manny Ramirez retired today from Major League Baseball after 19 seasons. He had a 312 career batting average, and he retired because he was tested positive for PEDs or an illegal substance. And so Manny decided to retire because he was facing a 100-game suspension, and if he decides to reinstate himself into Major League Baseball, he'll have to serve 100 games. That's a big loss for the Rays. The Rays did not start off well. They started off 0-6. That's not good for the Rays. They won the AL East last year, one of the toughest divisions in baseball, and they did not start off well. I mean, they signed Johnny Damon and Manny Ramirez, and they were doing press conferences, and they were doing well in spring training. So everybody was excited and People in Tampa Bay thought the Rays would two-peat. They'd win the AL East again, maybe have another shot at the World Series. But then Manny retires, and Damon's getting older. He's not running as quick, as, as fast as they would have liked him to. So that's a big loss for the Rays. It's not an injury, but it is a retirement. It's a loss. And Joe Madden seemed a little bit upset about that, but he understands where Manny's coming from. It's It's just not the way... The Rays would have liked to start off, and many teams did not start off like they would have liked to. The Phillies started off great, but Chase Utley's not back yet. I mean, that injury happened in June of last year, and he's still not back. He's actually predicted to come back in June of this year. So the Phillies missing Utley, the Cardinals missing Wainwright, and the Rays, of course, missing Manny Ramirez. But in the past, Ramirez has been a a singles hitter, you know, very recently. So he's also missing the power, but that's beside the point as he has retired from Major League Baseball. There are many teams that surprised everybody. Everybody knew the Orioles would do well with Buck Showalter and their new newly acquired Derek Lee, but nobody thought they'd start off 6-0. and Nobody did. Nobody thought that the Rangers would start off 6-0, and even though that they won the American League championship, but then they lost to six games to the Giants. So, you know, lots of teams starting off really well, lots of teams starting off really bad, really kind of 
missing the expectations of many of the fans and analysts and organizational employees. The first two weeks of the season are not the most important, but they are very important. The first two weeks and the last two weeks really show how a team's prepared for the playoffs or how a team's going to do the rest of the season. Anybody in baseball will tell you that the 162-game season is a long season. On the first day and on the last day, it's a long season. So injury should hurt other teams later on in the future trades, of course, in July. But right now, many teams doing well, many teams doing not so well. Each division is has a team that is, of course, very good. You know, you look at the NL West, you have the Giants who won the World Series. You look at the NL Central, you have... You look at the NL Central, you have a lot of good teams, but not as much talent as, say, you know, the NL East with the Phillies. The NL Central, though, has Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, and Milwaukee, three teams that made very big trades and acquisitions this offseason, and they're predicted to do well. So right now I'm going to give you my predictions of each division and who's going to come out on top. We're going to start with the American League East and work our way down, but the East is the toughest division in baseball, there's no question. You have the Yankees and the Red Sox. These teams have the biggest rivalry in sports. There's no team that even compares to this rivalry, and they've won three World Series in the past 10 years combined. The Yankees have 27 World Series, the Red Sox have seven. So, you know, Boston is supposed to do well this year. They did not start off well. They started off 0-6-2. You know, but with Adrian Gonzalez and Carl Crawford and the pitching staff that was really good last year, they should do well, but I don't have them winning the American League East. I don't have the Yankees either. I have the Baltimore Orioles, and the reason I have the Orioles is because this is a team with a very experienced manager. This is a team with a lot of experienced players and guys that haven't really proven themselves in the past, like Nick Markakis, Brian Roberts. But this year, I, I have them to do extremely well because they have confidence now. They have a good pitching staff. They have Zach Britton, who was called up earlier in April to fill in for Brian Mattis, who's hurt. But even, even though Mattis is hurt, he's still a very good pitcher. So I think their pitching staff is going to do well. They've got a lot of young arms, so in September and August and perhaps October, their their rookies' arms are going to stay intact. And that's one of the things anybody will tell you about a baseball season is that the pitching the pitching staff really bombs at the season, but they also have a great offense. They have Derek Lee, as I said, Brian Roberts, and Nick Markakis. So these guys should really help them get past get past the Yankees, get past the Rays, get past the Blue Jays. But, you know, this is also a, a division that has produced two out of the three past wildcard spots. So I'll talk about that in a minute, but they could also produce an American League wildcard winner. Moving to the Central, you have the Indians, the White Sox, the Royals, the Twins, and the Tigers. The Tigers have a lot of young talent as well as veteran talent. Miguel Cabrera, Maglio Ordonez, Brennan Bosch, 
who's a second-year player. He came in third in the Rookie of the Year voting last year. But they don't have it. I don't think they have it. There's too much going on. Miguel Cabrera was arrested for a DUI. He started off well, but he's still not the same. So I think he's going to have a good season, but not good enough to get him into the playoffs. The Twins have made the playoffs the past two years. They won in the 163rd game in 09, and they led their division all through last year. But I don't think the Twins are going to do well either. I think this is going to be a year of upsets. And the Royals have a lot of young players and a lot of people that the average fan hasn't heard of. But these players are going to take them from last place to perhaps second or third place. And the thing about the Royals is I don't think they expect to win this year. Sure, they want to win, but this is more of a rebuilding year for them. This is a year where they sign guys to three- or four-year contracts so they can win later on. If you look at the competition, I don't think the Royals are going to make it very far if they do make the playoffs. So to me, it's really between the White Sox and the Indians. And those of you listening are saying, well, why the Indians? They've been bad. Sizemore is out. Shinsu Chu's mind may not be on baseball, but in the hometown of Korea. I think Cleveland's going to be great. Carlos Santana catching. Shinsu Chu in the outfield. Grady Sizemore is going to be back. Their pitching staff is good, yet underrated. And that's the story for a couple of other teams. But Cleveland has one kryptonite, and that's their coaching staff. They've changed coaches a couple times. And, you know, from a manager, you want leadership. That's what Joe Torre brought to the table. That's what Bobby Cox brought to the table. But, you know, what they have now isn't going to be as good as Bobby Cox and Joe Torre. And the Indians know that, but they don't really have a leader in the clubhouse. And that's what, that's what they should put on their shopping list. Somebody they can get over the trading deadline, you know, maybe an acquisition before then to become a leader, a veteran leader to really, you know, lead them. The White Sox added Adam Dunn. Paul Canerco is one of the top 10 first basemen in all of the MLB. You know, they have a great pitching staff. John Danks leading the rotation. I really think they have a good shot this year. But the thing about the White Sox is that they are the New York Jets of baseball. They have a coach that likes to talk, that likes to tweet, that likes to take the pressure off their players. But the thing about the difference between the Jets and the White Sox is the Jets can back up what their coach says. Ozzie Guillen has been known to say his team's going to make it into the playoffs, his team's going to win this game or win that game, and then they lose. So I think if the White Sox ego stays intact, and I think if they do, they have a good beginning of the year and they have a solid year and they have a solid half year after the all-star break, they have a really good shot. But to me, it's between Cleveland, Chicago, and Kansas City. Team. Every single part of their team is amazing. They have so many all-stars. They have power hitters in their eight spot in the lineup and power hitters in their one spot in the lineup. Ian Kinsler, Michael Young, the new acquisition of Adrian Beltre, there's nothing stopping them, especially in this kind of weak division. You know, and I think the A's, this is also a rebuilding year or a kind of a, a step up for the A's. But when you're in a division with the Texas Rangers and you have the New York Yankees and the Boston Red Sox in your, your league, 
I don't think you have a good shot of winning the division or the wild card anytime soon. The Angels and the you know, that's me. In the East, I think Philadelphia is going to win. There's no discussion about that. They have the four best pitchers in baseball. In the Central, Cincinnati is going to come out on top, especially without Adam Wainwright for St. Louis. And Zach Ranke had the rib injury. Who knows how he's going to come back from that. In the National League West, I think the San, Diego, the San Francisco Giants excuse me, are going to come out and win that division. I think the Dodgers are going to come in second and the Padres are going to come in third. You know, for the wild card, I think it's going to come out of the West, either the Padres or the Dodgers. And for the American League, it's going to be Boston or New York. There's no question if it's going to be Boston or New York. So, you know, those are my picks for this. We'll wrap up this first segment here. You're listening to Behind the Lines. I'm Max Merkin here on Voice America Kids. Stay connected. Sign up for our newsletter. Go beyond your favorite Voice America shows. Visit iradioblog.com. Kids these days are so connected to the media that they can't help but be surrounded by news and politics. Today's kids get more information than kids of past generations, and because of that, they have more informed opinions. Kids today may not be able to vote yet, but they can certainly influence voters and issues with their voices. Tune in every week for America Today and talk about the issues and influence the decision makers. America Today airs every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. Now there's a new destination for video content, VoiceAmerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us support you. Behind the Line is all about the inside of sports from a kid's point of view. This is a look at all of the action from Behind the Line. Join your host every Wednesday at 3 p.m. whether you're a kid or was a kid at some time in your life. We'll run down all of the scores, talk about the games of the past week, and preview what's coming up in the next week. You'll want to take notes because this is good stuff. The place to be Wednesdays at 3. That's 6 p.m. Eastern is the Voice America Kids channel for Behind the Line. Want to laugh yourself silly over the crazy happenings of the celeb world and beyond? Tune in to Behind the Mask on Voice America Kids. Your hosts will uncover the celebrities you know and love, along with some that you might not know in this country, but they are admired across the world. But it's not just the famous that need to look out. We'll look inside the music biz, stage, and of course, the big screen. Listen to Behind the Mask every Thursday at 8 p.m. on Broadway and 5 p.m. Hollywood side on the Voice America Kids channel. Action just doesn't stop. You're listening to Behind the Line on Voice America Kids. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Behind the Lines. I'm Max Merkin, and you're listening to Voice America Kids in, partici- in partnership with Kidstar. Go to kidstar.org to learn more. We're entering into our second segment. We just talked about Major League Baseball and how teams didn't meet expectations and teams exceeded expectations but now we're going to talk about the nfl 
it's April, as we said, and April's really a month about baseball, basketball, hockey, everything but football. But in the back of a football fan's minds, you hear you're thinking training camps coming soon. You know, July, August training camps upon us. But that might not be the thought this year. The NFL CBA latest does not have much. What's basically going on between the players and the owners is that the owners want more games. They want to play 18 regular season games plus playoffs for 12 teams. So you're looking at possibly 19, 20, 21 games for 12 of the 32 NFL teams, and players don't want that. You know, owners want to make money by selling more games, more merchandise, more TV rights. But players say, we're fatigued enough, we're tired enough in a 16-game season with a bye, and we have four preseason games, so why would you push us to do more? They can't decide on it. The CBA deadline is up, so there could very well not be a 2011-2012 NFL season. And that's a sad fact. That's a sad piece of news. To many, football is the American sport. Baseball is a national pastime, but football is America's sport. You know, it's something you do on a Sunday where you have a barbecue and you watch the game. Many cities have a football team that they can root for. And the sad thing is that might not happen this year. There's many people to blame for this. There's, you know, you could say that, but... I, I disagree with some people. People say that it's a lot of the owners' faults, but there are owners that are very good at heart, owners that are very kind people that don't care what how many games a team plays. They don't care about the money, Woody Johnson of the Jets. But there are some owners like Jerry Jones of the Cowboys who really want more money from their teams, but the Cowboys didn't do so well last year, so who knows how that's going to be. I'm very upset with Roger Goodell. This is, of course, my opinion. I don't think he did what he's paid to do. I really don't. And he gets paid $10 million a year to do what he does. And when people ask what he does, it's hard to say because he changes a couple of rules and he finds players for hitting a helmet to helmet, for hitting another player with their helmet. And, you know, that's not what he should do. They hired a commissioner of football, so there's no Black Sox scandal in the NFL. But what's Goodell done? He's changed rules pretty much for the worse, and he's fined players $125,000. There are a couple of players he fined over $125,000 for too rough of a hit. Now, sure, there were one or two of those hits that were too rough, but he basically fined players for playing the game right. You didn't see that in the 80s. That's when football was pure. And Roger Goodell said, if we don't come to a conclusion, we don't find you know, a, a, a solution, my salary is going to go from $10 million to $1. He said that. $10 million to $1. That did not make people feel better. That just said now... That just said to me and said to many other people, now he's getting paid what he should be getting paid. He didn't do what he was supposed to. None of his assistants did. None of the NFL spokespeople did. And, you know, it's really bad 
that the president was going to get into it. Barack Obama was going to argue with Roger Goodell, argue with the league, try to fix what was going on, because he thought it was worse for America without football, and many other people do. Sure, there's a bad side to football. 440,000 kids get concussions a year from playing the game. But we're talking about the NFL. Grown men playing football. And think about the college athletes. Guys that didn't do so well in school, that depend on football. What are they going to do? You know, nobody thinks about that. Is how are these guys going to do well? How are people in high school who really depend on football going to, how are High school students going to do it. How are college students going to do it? Which kind of brings us into the NFL draft. And some veteran players called players entering this year's draft and said, don't show up. They called them. They emailed them. They somehow got to them and said, don't show up. Before that moment, I was with the players. I said, 16 games is not four preseason games. It's a long season. You practice three times a week. You travel twice a week if you're on the road. You play a game once a week. You do press conferences. There's a lot to being an NFL player. But when they did that, I lost some respect for the NFL veterans, the NFL players. They called guys like Vaughn Miller, A.J. Green, Blaine Gabbert, and they said, look, you're not going to play in the NFL for a while. The seasons not may not happen. So this might be your first, maybe only, NFL memory. The best memory you're going to have, you know, in recognition with the NFL. This is the only moment you're going to have glory and stand up with the commissioner and hold that jersey up. So skip it. I mean, that's not what they should have done. They should not have called Cam Newton, J.J. Watt, and said, you shouldn't do it. Because... They're going to go, and they should go, and their agents are telling them to go because it's the right thing to do. And they want to sign that check, the signing bonus, sign two, three, four-year contracts, and hold up that jersey and get the 2011 NFL draft hat. And I get that, and I'm sure the players get that, but that's a selfish thing that they did because they got to stand up there and stand next to Roger Goodell and shake his hand, but... Now they're telling younger guys, guys that may potentially have more talent, to not do that. On a happier note, though, I'm going to give a few of my 2011 draft picks. A draft first round will take place April 28th at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific time. Rounds 2 and 3, Friday, April 29th, 6 p.m. Eastern time, 3 p.m. Pacific and rounds 4 through 7 are taking place Saturday, April 30th, 12 Eastern, 9 Pacific, at the Radio City Music Hall in New York. There's a lot of guys on this list, 1 through 7 rounds, that's a lot of players. I'm just going to give you an outline of my first round. I have Marcel DeRuz, who's a defensive tackle from Alabama. I think he's going number 1 overall. And that's always been a question for fans. Why do defensive players go overall, go, you know, number one, two overall? Why do O-linemen? Because even though the left tackle is the highest paid player in football and the quarterback is the second, despite how many points your offense scores, if your defense can't hold another off, another team, you can never win a game. 
and that's why teams lose in the Super Bowl. Teams don't make the playoffs, not because of their offense, but because of their defense. So I have Marcel DeRuz going first. I have Bladen Gabbert going fifth, the quarterback from Missouri. You know, I have Nick Nick Fairley, who defensive tackle from Auburn, who really helped them win the national championship. I have him going 11th. I have Cam Newton going 16th. But remember, these are all subject to change. It's not written in stone. And I have Jake Locker, from the QB from Washington, going 26th. There's not a lot of players that there's not a lot of players I have in the first round that aren't supposed to be where they are. I don't have guys who are supposed to go in the seventh round in the first round and vice versa. I have, you know, the right people in the right spots because the NFL draft is one of the most difficult things to pick. You can pick an, a March Madness bracket. You can pick a fantasy baseball team. But the NFL draft, you never know what teams are going to do. And you also have to think about what teams need. The New England Patriots traded their pick last year to the number five pick with the Raiders because they needed a certain person. So it's not set in stone who these players are going to, what teams are going to. The Jets don't need a defensive end, but Cameron Hayward, it looks like he's going to go there. I don't really think the Packers need a cornerback with Charles Woodson and Nick Collins, and but they're said to be drafting Brandon Harris, the corner, the cornerback from Miami. So you never know what teams are going to do, what they need, how they're going to draft. But it's the NFL draft. A lot of scouts pick these players to be where they are. So that's my that's what I think of the NFL draft. But let's talk about the NFL again. Let's talk about the players. People don't understand what's going on and how this is going to affect the U.S. The Super Bowl is the second most watched sporting event in the world. Behind the World Cup that happens once every four years. 95 million people tune in to watch the Super Bowl. Companies pay $1 to $3 million to air a commercial during the Super Bowl. It is one of the most important sporting events in the world and one of probably the most important sporting event in the U.S. The Green Bay Packers won the Super Bowl in 2000, the 2010-2011 season, and they're going to do well the next time we play football. But it's such a loss to the US. It's such a a hurtful a hurtful argument that they're going that the players and owners are going through and it's basically because of money and that's what money's done to the NFL. They have turned the NFL into nothing because pl- owners want more money, players want less games, and Roger Goodell doesn't know what to do. That looks to be all for our second segment here on Behind the Lines. Our next segment will be the NCAA tournament results slash the NCAA controversy and a little bit about the NBA. You're listening to Behind the Lines. On, I'm Max Merkin here on Voice America Kids.
We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Do you believe in the supernatural? Well, some do and some don't, which is why Beyond the Third Dimension looks at both sides. You have one host who believes in ghosts, while the other can't think of anything more ridiculous. Put them together and you get some great discussion and some real discoveries and exploration of the paranormal, and then some. Tune in to Beyond the Third Dimension, airing Tuesdays at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Kids. And try not to be afraid of things that go bump in the night. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Kids face very tough and very real issues every single day. It can be bad. It can be ugly. Now there's something good that can help. Tune in to The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll discuss the issues and provide solutions and connections to solutions that you will be able to use. Our show goes right to the heart of today's kids and beyond. Your parents will probably want to listen in, too. The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly airs Mondays at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 Eastern on Voice America Kids. You just love your pets. But sometimes they can get to be a handful. And just when you think you have them under control, that's when things get, well, crazy. For help, tune into Paul's Around the World. You'll get the inside secrets on keeping your pet the friend it's supposed to be, along with stories to keep you warm and fuzzy. Listen Fridays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Kids. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Real kids, real talk radio. The action just doesn't stop. You're listening to Behind the Line on Voice America Kids. Now, back to the show. Hello and welcome back to Behind the Lines. I'm Max Merkin and you're listening here on Voice America Kids in partnership with Kidstar. Go to kidstar.org to learn more. We're in April, as I've stated a few times, but the NCAA tournament just finished up. One of the biggest events in sports, but it's it's not very popular. And there were a lot of upsets this year and a very disappointing Final Four if you're not from Richmond, Virginia, or Kentucky. But, you know, it's such an interesting thing. It's such a hard bracket to pick, and picking a perfect bracket, there's a one in six trillion chance. But this year's tournament was very exciting. UConn, of course, won it all. Kemba Walker led them there, but he's not supposed to go first overall in this year's and in, in this year's NBA draft. UConn beat Butler fifty-three to forty-one, and I don't even know why Butler was an eight seed in their in their bracket, but they were, and they did lose to UConn by twelve points. Let's go through this bracket, though. You know, Oklahoma. 
really went far. George Mason went far. West Virginia went very... West Virginia didn't go as far as many people would like. Neither did Syracuse, of course, losing in the second round to Marquette. On the other side of the bracket, you have UCLA, who beat Florida. That was a huge upset. You know, BYU lost to Florida. That wasn't much of a shock. But the fact that Notre Dame didn't do so well, a big shock to everybody. The Final Four was a bit of a disappointment. None of the huge teams made it. There wasn't a number one seed in the Final Four. There wasn't even a number two seed in the Final Four. The Final Four was Kentucky, UConn, VCU, Butler. VCU was a Cinderella story, and there's no question about that. But people, fans, analysts knew that their season would end before the finals. And sure, people took credit for picking VCU in the Final Four, but nobody predicted it. There was not one person who predicted VCU in the Final Four. Maybe some wishful thinking for people who go to VCU, but it was shocking to know that they went to the Final Four. It really was shocking. It was shocking to know they beat Purdue, and it was shocking to know they beat Florida State, even though they were an 11 seed and Florida State was a 10 seed. So, But Florida State looked very good. Florida State beating Notre Dame, that was a huge upset. But it's over. The next March Madness is next March. And you never know who's going to do well next March. Kemba Walker is going to the NBA. That means UConn's going to lose 23.5 points per game. I mean, that's not good. BYU's losing Jimmer Fredette. And the only reason they made it to the elite, not to the Sweet 16, is because of Jimmer Fredette. He's amazing. He averaged a little less than Kemba Walker points per game-wise, but he was so good, he led his team as far as they went. Jason Davies was suspended. He's their center. And the fact that he was gone really hurt BYU. It really did. But Fredette choked up on the bat. He got his game going. He wasn't having such a good end of the season, neither was BYU. But he's not even going as far as people expect him to in the draft. So BYU's losing out. UConn's losing out. Temple's losing out with Juan Fernandez. You never know how which teams are going to win next year. But it brings us into the next portion of this segment. The NCAA is supposedly an amateur league. It is an amateur league. They have strict rules on being able to be paid to sign, to go to a school, you know, having an agent. But people are breaking these rules, and the NCAA are looking the other way. And that's what gives people no respect for the NCAA officials, the, the commissioner of the NCAA, because guys at Oklahoma sell their jerseys and their ring for cash, and they suspend them for five games, as well as the coach, Jim Tressel. But, you know, it's not, it's not 
that important, the fact that they're gone for five games. Terrell Pryor still going to be back. He's still going to go into the NFL, and he's going to do pretty well in the 2013 draft, if there is one. But Cam Newton was seen at a courtside Suns-Lakers game when he was in Arizona, and I don't think a college kid paid for those tickets. These players are given, every single player is given a sponsorship package during the bowl games worth thousands of dollars, and that's not counted as cash. Cam Newton was has supposedly taken $180,000 to go to Auburn, and, and the NCAA didn't look into that more. Sure, he's going into the NFL, so there's nothing they can do, but who knows how much more of this is going to happen. There's... You know, O.J. Mayo, Reggie Bush, they stripped him of his Heisman. But they suspend Terrell Pryor for five games. It was basically the same thing. John McKnight was given a car. What happened to him? Sure, he didn't win a Heisman or a national championship, but nothing happened to him. O.J. Mayo, USC was suspended from the tournament for one year. He took money. He didn't steal money, but he was given money for autographs, stuff like that. And the NCAA is so inconsistent. It's really bad how inconsistent they are. Peeps, uh, players are getting agents right and left. That's a breaking a rule. People are staying in, you know, big-time schools are putting their players up in five-star restaurants five-star hotels, giving them tickets to events, $300 headphones, and that's not considered cash. And the NCAA either needs to take the rules away or make them even more strict because this is not working. Coaches, players are doing inexcusable things or very minuscule things, and they're getting punished the opposite ways. Cam Newton supposedly took a hundred to one hundred and eighty thousand dollars, but that was also reported by somebody who didn't get him—a coach of a team who did not get him. Auburn did end up getting him. They won the national championship, and they wouldn't have come close to the BCS national championship without Cam Newton. He was responsible for forty-something touchdowns, but. It doesn't matter. They pretty much illegally obtained him. When you think about it, though, players get about $300,000 in total profit. They get paid. They don't get paid, but they get tuition and scholarships to go to schools, that top-of-the-line schools that they wouldn't normally get into with their academics. They get put up in hotels six, seven, eight times a year. They've given, as I said, sponsorship packages with thousands of dollars that their sponsors paid for. They get the top-of-the-line equipment, and it's overlooked. I'm not saying you should take equipment away from players, but I am saying that you shouldn't give them $350 headphones, five-star restaurants, and you know, a, a stay at the Ritz-Carlton. I'm saying players would be fine with staying in the Holiday Inn. And it, it really is disappointing that the NFL, CBA lockout, 
is going to take away the 2011-2012 season. And it's disappointing that football players, football teams, excuse me, can recruit NFL caliber players by giving them money, by paying them off, by buying their mothers new houses and getting them jobs in big town cities. This stuff happens every day in the NCAA, and it's overlooked. And it's disappointing. It really is. And I can't say it enough. It is really disappointing. But there needs to be something done. I say you should make stricter rules, even more strict rules, to stop this from happening, to stop this from going on, because it's unfair. It really is unfair. Boise State didn't do that. And they should have been in the BCS championship, but their kicker missed two field goals. Who says that they could have gone out and gotten a better kicker, paid him $100,000 to go there, they would have won the BCS championship. Sure, their kicker is has the all-time points record for by a kicker, but it still doesn't matter. Teams, the outcomes of these teams are so different if they could recruit players the improper way or if every team could recruit players the proper way it's it's unfair that the playing field is not level and these players have an option football players basketball players they have an option after in every sport after your junior year you can go into the draft you can get signed by professional teams get paid millions of dollars so you can get away from it you get suspended a couple games the next year you're going to the nfl so something to keep in mind as college baseball kicks in, as college football starts up soon, as college basketball winds down, something to keep in mind is that sometimes teams recruit players on an unfair playing on an unfair playing field, on an unfair advantage. I'm not saying Cam Newton, Terrell Pryor, that was how they were recruited by Ohio State and Auburn, but I am saying that it is unfair. So stay on the station here. Coming up next is foreign players in U.S. sports here on Voice America Kids in partnership with the Kid Star Radio Network. I'm Max Merkin. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. The Terrence Rogers Show will take the world by storm. The topics are sometimes newsworthy, sometimes personal, as we explore fashion, entertainment, art, and more. Host Terrence Rogers has seen a lot of life experience in his few years of life. It's this experience that allows him to bring a fresh perspective to the table, and he holds nothing back. Tune in to The Terrence Rogers Show every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Kids channel. You'll laugh, cry, and most importantly, this show will reach out and touch your life. 
We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. What is Take Two? Take two crazy hosts, put them in front of two microphones, and use your two ears to enjoy the fun. Times two. Take Two. We'll go back, way back to the favorite TV shows of our childhood. Your parents' childhood. Um, no. Uh, try again, Chris. Take two. We'll take you back to the favorite TV shows of our generation, past and present, and apply them to what's going on in our own lives. Trust us, it'll be a blast. Tune in to Take Two every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Kids channel. There is so much going on in the tech field. The Technology Show is here to sort it all out so that you know exactly what you need to get and what you should avoid. In this age of cell phones and text messaging and new discoveries every single day, you need to be informed. We'll bring you previews of new products, technology news, and help you make the right decision when you are out there buying that new MP3 player, cell phone, or mobile device. Don't do a thing until you've tuned in to The Technology Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Kids. What are some of the issues that kids face every day? You'll find out when you tune in to the appropriately named Today's Kids. Your hosts are here to open the doors to a forum of all kinds of issues. Nothing is off the table here, and because it's on the Voice America Kids channel, you know you're getting a kid's perspective. Tune in every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for Today's Kids. Your hosts will lead this forum of engaging conversation on Voice America Kids. Want to know what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network host? How about what's new with our network? Make sure you check out the iRadio blog, a look at what's hot at Voice America and beyond. Visit www.iradioblog.com today. Get the inside scoop on every channel on our network, including breaking news, featured guests, blog posts from our hosts, and much more. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter for even more inside action. Visit iradioblog.com today and stay connected. The action just doesn't stop. You're listening to Behind the Line on Voice America Kids. Now, back to the show. Hello and welcome back to Behind the Lines. I'm Max Merkin and you're listening here on Voice America Kids in partnership with the Kidstar Radio Network. You can find out and learn more on kidstar.org. Our fourth and final segment will be about foreign players in U.S. sports, and foreign players really have had a big impact on baseball, hockey, and basketball. Not so much football, but there are a few people from Haiti and football, Jonathan Vilma, but mostly baseball, hockey, and basketball. Baseball, there's 27.7% of the opening day rosters have foreign-born players. The Dodgers have 11 foreign-born players, as well as the Rockies, the Tigers, and the Angels. So these are teams that really rely on their foreign-born players and huge-name players like Albert Pujols, Placido Polanco, Robinson Cano, Melky Cabrera, Jose Bautista, 
Orlando Cabrera, these guys are all from foreign-born countries. Joey Votto, the reigning NL MVPs from Canada. So without foreign-born players, we'd only have you know 83% of the rosters filled. 27.7% are from foreign-born countries, and that is pretty much an amazing statistic. In hockey, without Canadian hockey players, there would be... No, there would be nobody in the NHL. The Canadians won the gold medal in the in the 2000 in the Olympics. the The previous Winter Olympics in 2010, they won the gold medal. Sure, you could say they played at home, but Sidney Crosby, the best player in the NHL right now, is Canadian. So these are huge numbers of foreign-born players in regular sports. Basketball. Pau and Mark Gasol. Mark plays for Memphis. Pau plays for the Lakers. They're not American-born. So, you know, Pau played on the Lakers' two-peat championship team. It's really an amazing statistic how, how these players have affected American sports. But... Really in baseball, I know I've favored baseball a lot. These players from the Dominican, from Canada, make a huge impact. Felix Hernandez, the reigning AL Cy Young Award winner, is not born in the United States. So the a lot of a lot of a lot of players in many sports golfing in in the PGA you barely see an American besides Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson you barely see guys at the the top level of golf with without foreign born players KJ Choi on Angel Cabrera who won the Masters a couple years ago these guys are so good at their sports and they're not from this country. So it's a huge impact, and it's something to keep in mind. It's something very important to to know. Wayne Gretzky played for Edmonton for a long time. Mario Lemieux. These guys are not born in America. I mean, you look at hockey alone. You have... You, you look at hockey, there's... Two current players from Argentina, five from Australia. I mean, Sidney Crosby is from Canada. A lot of other guys, Wayne Simmons on the Kings, he's from Canada. So these guys really affect sports. You look at the the home run list, Sammy Sosa, he's not from the States. Alex Rodriguez and David Ortiz, they're from the Dominican. So is Rafael Fercal, 2010 All-Star. Pedro Martinez has the most wins as a Venezuelan pitcher. Kenley Jansen, the flamethrower in the Dodgers, he's from Curacao. So Russell Martin from Canada. These guys really affect sports, and it, it is an amazing statistic. You know, you look at the NCAA. Sure, there's not many foreign players because they go to colleges where they grew up. But 
when you look at professional sports, it really is a huge impact. You look at the Sedin brothers who are on the Canucks. They're not from the U.S. There's a huge percentage of NHL hockey players that aren't from the U.S. And players in the MLB, there are guys who played in Japan for their whole careers and they come to the United States and they're huge successes. Hiroki Kuroda, an example, who's on the Dodgers. These guys are really good players and they're born in poverty and that's a thing. Andres Torres on the Giants, these Carlos Zambrano, they say that when Carlos Zambrano came to a Cubs tryout, he had one pair of jeans and a t-shirt. And now he's not he's he was 8-0 in his last 8 starts of the 2010 season. It is amazing. These guys have such great stories. They're born in poverty. They're drafted when they're young, and they make it through the minor leagues, and they're now playing. They're now the most popular players in the world. Hung Shi Kuo, when the Dodgers took a, a trip to Korea, even though he's not from Korea, he was very popular. They took a trip to Taiwan, his home state, his home state, excuse me, his home country, extremely popular player. It's it's really amazing to know that these guys have such a huge impact. The the fact that we have teams like the the Los Angeles Kings, the San Jose the San Jose Sharks, guys that are not guys, teams that made the playoffs. If you, I'm I'm looking at the San Jose Sharks roster right now, Ed Ed Belfour, he's from Canada. They have they have six players in their starting ten that are from Canada. And one of them's from Germany. You have guys from Finland, from Germany. It's really remarkable to know how many of these players aren't from this country. You look at the Kings, who clinched a playoff spot. They have Jonathan Bernier, Jonathan, Jonathan Bernier, John Sebastian Albin was with them in 07 and 08. These guys are from Canada. Most of their goaltenders are from Canada. Eric Erzberg's from Sweden. It is so remarkable to know this. And teams in all sports have scouts all over the world. And you really wonder why they have scouts in Korea and Japan and Mexico and Venezuela. Because of this reason. Because that players like this are so valuable. Foreign-born players are so valuable to teams they give anything for it. Araldis Chapman signed a two-year, $9 million contract. He throws 105 miles an hour, and they brought him from Cuba. He spent three days in the minors, some remarkable number like that. It's really amazing to know this, and I keep saying it's amazing and it's remarkable, but it really is. Foreign-born players are almost a necessity on teams. Even in the minors, guys get signed and they go to the minors. You look at minor league teams, single-A teams, half of the teams are Dominican-born players or players born in Asia, Japan, China. And recently with the devastations in Japan, we took a, a pretty in-depth look at the, the Japanese baseball league. Lots of major leaguers played in Japan. Jamie D'Antona, a guy who 
uh, made his major league debut with the Diamondbacks, probably not a guy the average fan would hear of. He's played two years in Japan. He just signed a minor league contract with the Marlins. Guys rehabilitate themselves in foreign leagues, and they come here, and it's a shock to many people how well they do. We're still looking at the the Kings lineup, the Kings starting lineup. All these players are from are from Canada. I mean, pretty much every single player on the Kings roster is from Canada. Look at the Phoenix Coyotes. Two-thirds. No, there's two players on their team that were born in America. And everybody else was born in Canada or in Sweden or in Germany. So it's really special to have these players on your team. And it's it's pretty cool to know that these players are playing on your favorite team. That these players know better than Americans how to play these sports. And Americans and foreign-born players mix so well together on teams. General managers work so hard to put teams together. And pretty much every hockey every hockey team, every major league baseball team, every basketball team, most of the basketball teams, they have foreign-born players. And it changes the face of the franchise, and it changes the team. It looks like uh, we're ready to wrap up today's show. Tune in next time to Behind the Lines here on Voice America Kids in partnership with Kidstar Radio. You can learn more at kidstar.org. We've, today we've talked about the major leagues, my predictions for all the for all the divisions and for the AL and NL. Talked about the NFL, CBA latest, my draft predictions, the controversy with NCAA sports, and how foreign players have taken over faces of franchises and sports and different teams. But we're going to conclude our show for today. Thank you so much for listening. Again, I'm Max Merck, and you're listening to Behind the Lines on Voice America Kids in partnership with Kidstar Radio Network. You can learn more at kidstar.org. That's the end of Regulation Play. Join us next week for another edition of Behind the Line, an insider's look at sports from a kid's point of view. We'll see you next week on Voice America Kids. This is VoiceAmericaKids.com. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today.